Morning, team. Nice to have your company. Welcome along. It's a Tuesday morning on LBC 97.3. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. Christo, back with you tomorrow morning. <laughs> By the way, it makes him smile in the taxi. I sat in the mother of all traffic jams yesterday. I sat in the mother of all traffic jams. I, so I got home and uh, Mr Vizzino, our cleaner, said to me, said, Mr Allen... He speaks like that, he's Chinese. Uh, Mr. Allen, he says, your baskets are the biggest ever. Because at the moment, my hanging baskets are sumptuous. That's all I can describe them as. And if he's noticed how big they've got, they must be pretty big, because he's got green fingers. And at the moment, it does look like I'm running a garden centre. Which is fantastic, just before we have the patio dug up and £13,000 worth of new patio put down again. So anyway, and um, and so I, I sort of... I, th- I sort of, oh, I'm done there, honestly... So I, um, the place is filthy today. And so I then thought, right, I'll, I'll do that. I'll, I'll water the plants again because I knew it was going to be a hot day. And by God, it went in phases. One minute it was, it was so-so. The next minute, this wave of heat rushed over. I thought, perhaps I should take my shirt off. And then I thought, no, neighbours might be out. So uh, I didn't bother. And so I then thought, right, I'll go to Reading. And you know when you do something, and when something happens... Sorry? Yeah, and then I... No, I thought, no, the neighbours will be out. So then I thought, no, I'll go to Reading instead. So I sit in the car and I've got the air conditioning on. It's nice and cold in the car. And you know you go out and, and, you th- and something happens and you think, do you know, I wished I'd not done this. And I'm on the road to Reading and I go past. And then I get to the bit where there are no turn-offs. It runs for about two or three miles. And it was then that I hit the mother of all traffic jams. And so we grind to a halt. And I'm thinking bugger. Because what I should have done about 200 yards previous to that, I should have nipped into the left-hand lane and come off. The moment I saw traffic on a motorway, you know you're going to be sitting there for forever and a day. I could have grown a beard. So this was at, uh, what time was this? This was probably about 11 o'clock. And I sit there and I sit, then we move forward a little bit. Then I sit there and I'm thinking, oh God, then it goes from 11, half past 11, 20 to 12. And I'm still not going anywhere, so I phoned the LBC uh, jam line. I go, hello. And it was Helen. And I said, Helen, I'm on the M4. I said, what's the, what's the problem? She said, oh, there's a fire. It's a lorry, and they can't put the fire out because it's carrying... What did you say? It was carrying, it was carrying coal or so. Whatever it was carrying, it, it kept it going. I said, where is it? She said, it's at junction 10. She said, it's down to one lane. Of course, I've got no idea what blasted junction I'm at. So I go, OK, right. So it gets to 12 o'clock. Still sitting there. 25 past 12. By this time, cars have started boiling over. Because, you know, you can't keep turning the engine on, off, on, off, on, off. So people are pulling into the side on the hard shoulder. Some people obviously want to go to the toilet, so they pull into the hard shoulder and go rushing up the bank to go to the toilet. I mean, it becomes, you know, ridiculous. Eventually, at 20 to 1... I managed to get through it. I managed to get through the thing. And it comes down to one lane. The lorry that had been set on fire at Junction 10 was just completely incinerated. But as opposed to getting it off and shoving it into the side, you know, there was what we all come down. So you've got four lanes or three lanes, whatever it is on the M4 down there, heading down to Reading, comes down to one lane. So you can imagine, the moment you get through the one lane, it's empty. You know, everybody puts their foot down. I'm, like, bombing along at 30, you know, like this. But up until then... It was a night, and you always get the one person, don't you? There's always the one who will not keep up with the car in front. 
And such was the case of this bloke there. And he wasn't in front of me, like, because I, I stuck behind a lorry, because I thought, I'll, I'm happier behind a lorry, doesn't make any difference, put the air conditioning on, that was it. But this bloke in the middle lane was like, I mean, you could have got two double-deckers, a lorry, and the Dagenham Girl Pipers in, the space that he had between him and the car in front. And the woman behind him was getting really frustrated, and you, I just thought he was an idiot. So I told him so. And uh, with the window up, of course. <laughs> Pratt. La, 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 la. No, I'm singing a song, mate, singing along to a song. And so, uh, so eventually, I get to Costco. And I can't think of anything to buy. <laughs> I cannot think of anything to buy. So I buy some air fresheners, because they're much cheaper than buying them in the, su- in the supermarket. They're like three quid each, £3.99 each. But in Costco, you get three for seven quid. So it's the same ones. It's, you know. And so I bought those. I bought some cupcakes, and I bought some scissors and some batteries. And that was about it. And then I headed back. And so as I'm heading back, uh, the traffic is still there on the other side of the road. And I thought, I'll see how far it stretches back now, now that they've managed to open two lanes. So I, I reset the mileage on the car. How, how long was it? Five miles it tailed back. Five miles. So I phoned the LBC traffic line. Hello? Is that Jay? No. Who is it? It's the LBC traffic line. OK, it's Steve Allen. Yes. Uh, I just thought I'd let you know that that accident on the, uh, on the M4, it tails back five miles. Is that Junction 7? No idea. Sorry, I don't know. I just know it goes five miles. Thank you. Put the phone down. So I thought this was the afternoon. Oh right, is that who it is? Oh right, so I had no idea who it was. No, I, it wasn't from here, was it? Ah right. Oh, well, that would explain a lot. So I had no idea who it was, and so I sort of do this uh, thing, and I think well, at least I've done my bit. So anybody who was heading onto the M4 yesterday would would learn by my mistakes. Don't go anywhere near the blooming place. So today I was thinking, I know, I'll go down to Reading again. Because I like the journey down the motorway, because I can sing on that journey uh, really at high volume, you know. Near, far, wherever... You know, and I do the whole bit going down, I've got the windows up, and the air conditioning's on, the cat's sitting at the front going... And we're doing the whole bit, and the dog in the back. You know, it's, it's really, it's, it's quite a day out. And then I get home, and I water the baskets again. And I'm thinking, God, it's hot out. Shall I take my shirt off? I thought, no. And I didn't bring in any strawberries today because my strawberries, even though my baskets are full for overflowing, my strawberries are not quite at their peak. Not quite at their peak. Uh, Strange enough, do you know we two things we mentioned on the show yesterday? Uh, firstly, do you remember I got a little bit angry at this wag, Chanel Tarrick or something, going out to an orphanage where there are children who are seriously, seriously ill and uh, she's wearing a £350 Coco Chanel belt or whatever it was. And I said, stupid girl, stupid girl, thick as a bloody brick. Anyway, I'm delighted to say the Daily Star have picked up on it today. They've done a whole page on how vulgar and disgusting she was for going out to an orphanage and parading her wealth in front of them. They don't want that. They really don't need a bloody photo opportunity for another third-rate sodding wag, I'm afraid. I'm sick to death of it. And the other thing... I tell you, you never know who's listening to this programme. I mentioned the, um, yesterday as well that I'd watched Mary Portis on Mary Queen of Shops and she'd been down to a shop at Corfe Castle and she turned it round and it was Cleel's and she'd been in there and it was a bit of an old-fashioned shop and it was a couple who'd come down from London, they'd given up their, uh, their jobs... They'd gone down there, and they found it a bit difficult to integrate into the community, because you're going into a village, and Corfe Castle is really quite nice. My brother's done some car boot sales there. And, um, so it's not, not that nice, but anyway, it's quite nice, bits of it. And, and she, it's, it's very pretty. You know, in the middle of the village, you've got this sort of 
castle called Corf. Uh, very nice, it's Corf Castle. And, and they, they have a shop. And, and Mary Porter turned it around. And she said, listen, you need to do this. Get local produce in. And it was a very good programme. They wrote to me. Juliet and Chris Porter wrote to me yesterday and said, Steve, uh, we understand you'd like to know how we're getting on at Cleal since the airing. Well, uh, all we could say is, wow, our feet haven't touched the ground since. Now, that's what you've got to do. Because when you get help from a TV programme and all of a sudden you get free advertising, and the free advertising lasts for about an hour, you've got to keep it going. You know, you've got to go out to the village, you've got to, to do something, you've, you've just got to do everything to keep it going. There was a lovely couple who featured on Channel 4 programme, and they set up carp fishing in France. And they were really, really nice. And I wrote to them to say how much I loved the programme, and how, how, how good I thought it was. And I think it was called something like Crystal Lakes. Anyway, they put the business up for sale a short while ago. They've had it for about ten years, and they've built up a thriving business of fishermen who want to go out to France, sit by a lake, don't ask me why, fish for carp, have a picture taken with it, put it back. They have a bacon sandwich in the morning, and they sleep. And that's all fishermen do. They're like, boring, boring, bloody boring. Uh, but they've built up a thriving business, and obviously Juliet and Chris have done exactly the same. And what you've got to do, if ever you move into a little village, or a village where there's a close-knit community, is you've, you've, got, to, you've got to sort of integrate... And, and it, it worked for them. And that's why. And there's another one, I think, which they're doing at the moment with Mary. She's out there doing uh, another shop, I think. And again, I'm always fascinated. It's like the hotel inspector, somebody who goes round, or people who go around telling you how you can make the most of these big country houses and what you're battling against. In some cases, I watched one a while ago, and it was a lady who comes round, and she looks at somebody's house, and she goes, right, it's very big, you want to make money. Why don't you rent it out for corporates? Why don't you uh, open a little tea shop? Why don't you have a garden centre? Do all sorts of things to make money. And some of these people are so steeped in history, they don't really want to do what is best for the business. They think they know best, but of course, in many cases, they don't. They have to be told. And that's why I find it absolutely fascinating when you get a TV programme. And it works, as indeed it works for, uh, for Cleels. So, good for them. Uh, I see John Terry's been forced to a humiliating public apology to his manager and teammates. You silly little man. Silly little man. It is warm in there, isn't it? Oh, is it switched off? Oh, that's why. That's why. I wonder why. So, slapped down by Capello and uh, John Terry forced to apologise. Not as clever as you thought you were, John, are you, mate? Mind you, it kind of runs through your family. And the, uh, the doormat, sorry, the wife, uh, who I think isn't going out there again, uh, going out to, um, to support them. And now the TUC is saying that everybody should be given uh, time off to watch the match on Wednesday. <laughs> I don't think so. Small wonder the bloody TUC's an old dinosaur stuck at its own rear end, I'm afraid. It's ridiculous. Well, given people time off to watch, they say, that's what the British workers want. No, they don't. The British workers, given the choice, wouldn't work at all. They don't, they, they don't need an excuse like football to stop work. Nowadays, you know, you get people, you know, people just have the television on in the background. I mean, we're, we're not being given time off to watch the match. Everything. So it'll be on the television throughout the building. But nobody, but, it, but we won't be here anyway. I mean, I won't be sitting at home in my, in my England outfit with my little England shorts on, clutching my flag and my whistle and my rattle in the other hand. You know, I'll be in the pub with a small coconut water. <laughs> oh, dear, honestly, how we laughed, ladies and gentlemen. And I've got more news on Chris Hune's tangled love life. This one gets more bizarre by the day, as you'll discover in a second. These are the headlines. We can expect both tax rises and spending cuts when the Chancellor delivers his first budget later. George Osborne's already said the country's on the road to ruin if we carry on spending. 
The man's recovering after he was stabbed in the head during a fight in Deptford last night. Two other men were also injured. And Murray Mania returns to Wimbledon later, as Andy Murray, the British number one, plans to end Britain's 74-year wait for a male Grand Slam champion. Let's have a check on the state of roads for you this morning. It's Jay Louise. Thank you very much, Steve. Good morning. Well, Finchley Road has a lane closed both ways at... 18 minutes past five, Tuesday morning. Hope it's going to be a nice day, actually. Nick Ferrari at breakfast. It's going to give you the opportunity of a lifetime. You could win an all-expenses-paid trip to attend the FIFA World Cup final in Johannesburg on the 11th of July. It's all thanks to FIFA World Cup, official sponsors McDonald's. So be sure to tune in from 7am this morning if you want to win this incredible prize. How lovely. How... I could do with the prize this morning, actually. Could do with the prize. That's just me being here until 7 is your, uh, is your prize today. Yes, I got my how low email. Somebody won on on Sunday. I was always fascinated. I'm always terribly keen to find out how much these things go for. And on Sunday, boys and girls, uh, I'm told that the how low winner of the Dell laptop, the Dell laptop, was Chloe from London, and Chloe had a bid of one pound twenty six. One pound twenty six. Secure. I bet she's going yes. As you do when you win a prize. I, of course, go, yeah, because I never go in for competition. I can't go in for my own competitions. If only. pound twenty six. Well done, Chloe. I bet everybody's going, oh, I, I did one twenty five. How funny. And she got it for one twenty six. But well done, Chloe. Congratulations. And no doubt there'll be another one this weekend. So, Chris Hewn made the papers the other day. I'm trying to avoid Christine bleakly, because apparently they're all crawling out of the woodwork saying that they can all present the one show. And uh, even, strangely enough, Kerry Katona, well, how we laughed. Kerry Katona, who can't string two words together. You don't want those sort of people on the television. In fact, we want to keep them off, to, uh, off as, as long as possible. So Chris Hewn has got this tangled love life. It now emerges that his mistress, Karina Trimmingham, who was pictured in all the papers the other day. So bearing in mind, his wife is Vicky. He's got a mistress called uh, Karina Trimmingham. And there you would think it ends. So the wife didn't know about the mistress. Strangely enough, Miss Trimmingham's girlfriend didn't know about the relationship with a man. And they only had a civil partnership in 2007. This is Julie Bennett and Miss Trimmingham. And she's going, well, and everybody's going, Miss Trimmingham married a man, really? What is going on here? I mean, it's, it's all terribly confusing. I sometimes open up the newspapers and I've got no idea what's going on in people's lives. So the man who was married is having an affair with a woman whose girlfriend didn't know she was having an affair with a man. I mean, how complicated is that? Almost as complicated as one of the killers of James Bulger charged with downloading kiddie porn. We thought it was kiddie porn. The papers suspected as much. And, uh... They're talking about it today. They say he's facing 10 years in jail over the child porn charge. So, because it amazes me now that for downloading kiddie porn and viewing kiddie porn, and I think you know what it is, I don't need to spell it out to you, all you can get is 10 years in prison. I find it absolutely unbelievable. In fact, you can kill people in this country, and, uh, and they go, right, we're not going to bother with you. In fact, there is a, there is a case in the paper today of, um, of a chef, and he, he steals... He thieves. He's had about four different cases against him. He's a, he's a habitual criminal. But he's been let off prison. Why? Because Jamie Oliver wrote a letter about him saying he was one of his chefs in his restaurant. And so that's all right, is it? I'm sorry, Jamie. I mean, you must think I fell off a bloody tree or something. 
Somebody works as a chef. They're not just a one-off. This is a man who steals all the time. And because he works for Jamie Oliver, that's fine. So, in other words, what you should all do is sort of get yourself friendly with a celebrity. So, if ever you get that situation where you're up in court on murder or something, they can write a letter and you can, you can be out straight away. Makes perfect sense, doesn't it? I don't understand this. Who are these bloody judges nowadays? Where are we getting them from? Is there an agency for stupid judges where they come out and go, we're not going to uh, do anything about that? Remember the other day, 17 times this man arrested for for offences on the road and they've gone, well, we're going to give you one more chance. 17 previous convictions, totalling Christ knows how many years. And we go, we're going to give you another chance. I noticed the former bodyguard to Michael Jackson... This is uh, Matt Fiddis, a rather stupid man, who's dropped his libel action against Channel 4. This was a man who claimed that the, the programme, which was looking at the Jacksons coming to this country, do you remember the one they did down in Devon? And he said it portrayed him in a bad light. And Channel 4 went, no, it didn't. And, and even the Jackson family didn't like him at all. And so anyway, he then starts spending wildly to take Channel 4 to court. Anyway, at the last minute, he slunk off with his tail between his legs, saying the, the programme didn't... Uh, didn't actually, uh, you know, portray him in a bad light at all. You think, what is it with these stupid people nowadays? Who are they advised by? Who advised? I mean, I just... I just don't know. As William turns 28 and says he's no closer to marrying, they're looking at the way the royals are treating Kate, and they say it's pure bad manners. Unfortunately, it's not bad manners for the royal family. That's the way that they are. They ju- they, they've had so many cock-ups. As somebody said, you know, if you remember the royal family, to have one marriage collapse is, you know, OK. Two, a little bit careless. Three... Well, you're really in trouble. And four, there's something the matter with the family. And there's something the matter with this family. They don't, they don't know how to deal with people from what they call the outside world. They're in their own little community. And because they come from a different... I mean, the Queen Mother had no idea what the word broke meant. As far as she was concerned, she just carried on spending because she was the, the Queen Mother. There was never any danger that anybody was going to write to her from Coots or Drummonds and go, by the way, would you like to come in and see the bank manager? You're overdrawn! Little fat lady. Come on, come in here. Everybody else has to pay. Why? You're paying as well. So when she died, she was broke. But of course, it doesn't matter because it's the Queen Mother. You know, nobody's ever going to worry about Charles and the fact the Duchy of Cornwall isn't doing as well as it it should be. Because I always thought they were doing quite well, the Duchy of Cornwall. No, Waitrose have had to buy them out. So now Waitrose runs the Duchy of Cornwall because, you know, it's very nice to talk about trees, you know, and Camilla. Little little minx. You know, and uh, Diana of an arse. And, uh, and, but nobody thinks oh, that they actually can't do, you know, business. So, I mean, it's, it's a bit of a shame. I don't think Prince William's going to get married for ages. Hey, look at, look at Charles. I mean, Charles was nearly 190 before he got married to a much younger person. And now he was way over 30, Charles, wasn't he? And he'd done the rounds, you know, saying the old wild oats, you know. And, um, and, and then all of a sudden, you know, it, it turns out that he's married the woman he was with all the time he was married to the other woman. And so it goes on, I'm afraid. I love the uh, the story about Dame Helen Mirren, who is 65 next month. People go, ooh, 65. And apparently for her uh, latest movie, Love Ranch, uh, she plays the hard-bitten madam of a Nevada whorehouse. Now, you, I mean, you know, pff, like we care. But apparently to publicise it, she's posed naked in an old-fashioned tub for New York magazine. And a reader wrote in to say, Helen, dear, nobody's interested in your tits. Put them away. <laughs> Especially as they're down by your knees. Um, I said, ever since I mentioned yesterday, Diane Abbott going on about... There was an interview in the Mirror talking about how West Indian mothers look after their children because they don't want them to, to join gangs. She's been criticised by West Indian mums. 
Who do you think you're talking to, you stupid woman? Again, I was never a big fan of Diane Abbott, so now she's involved in a race row. A woman who quite clearly believes that she knows exactly what she's doing, but unfortunately she isn't. Here's this serial burglar. Nathan Bradford, his name is. Because he's a trainee chef, he's been spared jail. I mean, uh, because, not just a trainee chef, it's a trainee chef for Jamie Oliver. Because that makes the difference. He was loading up a BMW with five laptops, two digital cameras, two flat-screen televisions. He broke into two flats. But because he knows Jamie Oliver... Of course, I wonder if Jamie would have been thrilled if it was her, his house he was burgling. I wonder whether or not. He's got four previous burglary convictions, but because he got a glowing reference from Jamie Oliver... What do you get? Listen, go around to Jamie's parents' place. They've got a pub, they've got flat screens and everything. You can get it all out, but don't worry, you'll get off, because Jamie will write you a reference. Perhaps any other potential burglars listening at the moment, just write to Jamie Oliver or go and get a part-time job there. It's not the first time we've had problems with Jamie Oliver writing these sort of letters. But uh, anyway, uh, Bradford qualified for a minimum three-year jail term as it was his third burglary conviction. He was also in breach of a community order, but because Jamie Oliver wrote for him, it's all right, isn't it? Oh, well, that's okay. That's fine. Oh, dear. As if we care, ladies and gentlemen. By the way, they're campaigning for more women to breastfeed in public. They're saying not enough of you are doing it. Now, if you're listening, my Auntie Enid, this doesn't include you, love, Okay, It's for people who've got children, and they they want to see it a little bit more on the street. Because, you know, and frankly, we are seeing it a bit more on the street around our way, because it's a bit chav. And there's a lot of women pushing prams round with children. Not a man in sight, of course. They're just pushing the prams round because they really want the children. Because with a child, you get house, don't you? Get like an house. And uh, I don't think they actually understand what breastfeeding is. So they are the wave of people who are not breastfeeding. But it's the older established women who are wearing the dungarees. You know you've seen them, so you can quickly whop it out and sort of have the kid clamped onto one side of it. And I've seen it in, in shot. I always think to myself, you know... I'm just going to be very rude a minute ago, but I've just changed my mind. Because um, I just don't understand why you'd want to do it in public. You know damn well that there's a few odd people out there going to look and go, what are you doing, love? I'm breastfeeding. Oh, why? Because it was hungry. Why don't you just make it wait till it gets home, like everybody else? Well, when they're hungry, they've got to eat straight away. Well, I don't know what they are. I mean, it could be a fridge freezer, to be honest with you. I think you'd be better off with a fridge freezer. Uh, do you really save money in your car going to Costco? Of course I do, because I'm rich. So silly. Nobody worries about how much petrol costs nowadays. Although I reckon in the budget today, whoosh, through the roof. You know, you think we're ripped off by, by the government, previous governments, they're going to they're gonna hammer you today. If you're a smoker, and if you drink, I do neither. God, I'm getting more like an angel every day. And uh, all these people are going to suffer. So in the budget today, you're going to suffer. And if you're unemployed, they're going to take your benefit. LBC 97.3 Jeremy says, last night, Mary Porters jazzed up a greengrocer in Hoylake on Merseyside. Another good programme. Good to hear that the Corfe Castle couple are doing well. Don't compare her to the condescending hotel inspector, Ruth Watson. You see, I, 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 can't, I can't remember if I've seen Ruth Watson. I quite liked her. I've seen her on, on a couple of programmes. But uh, apparently she has a place in, uh, in Suffolk. And, uh, and I was across that way, went in there. Five minutes in reception. One of the staff complete with nose stud. Oh, dear. See, I don't do nose studs. I'm sorry. Yeah, but that's different. You're not working in, a, in an establishment where you bump into the public, are you? I mean, sorry, I, I, you know, I just I don't do nose studs. I'm sorry. People with piercings. I've not noticed yours because you're Chinese. And so that's why, you know, I sort of just think it's part of your religion or something. Perhaps veget... We know. It's, it's, I, think, I think, really, people who put nose studs in are trying to make a statement. 
The statement is, I'm kind of a rebel, OK? I've got a no study in and my parents don't care. You know, it's that kind of thing. But anyway, he, he didn't like the, uh, the hotel that she's got. Uh, in short, we were told they didn't do breakfast for non-residents. Well, we've had that before. But you remember it all turned out quite nicely at the Strand Palace? And, in fact, you can go in there and have a very, very nice buffet breakfast, keep eating as much as you like for about £15. And um, it says here, never again. But their brochure says the words, we actually like customers which might account for the cheerful, friendly service and relaxed atmosphere. In short, rubbish. <laughs> you see, we've all had experiences, haven't we? We've all had experiences of things. Corf Castle is very nice, said Steve. It's about time they did a bit of maintenance on the castle. It's falling to bits. They're so old, these places, aren't they? I'd love to live in a castle. I would love to live in a castle. I nearly bought a castle years ago. I didn't, actually, but I saw it in the paper. And it was a castle in France owned by the Black Knight. The Black Knight owned this castle. And they use it as a tourist attraction. But they say the, the one thing it's got, you, if, if you buy it, you have to keep on with the outdoor events that they do. And they do hawks and archery and everything else. I thought, how fabulous. But you've got to live in France. I'm not over keen on living in France. And, uh, and they said, but underneath the castle, the area is honeycombed with tunnels, and which haven't been explored fully. And if there's one thing I love, it's tunnels. I've got a thing about tunnels. You remember years ago, regular listeners, uh, out in Cranford Park, there used to be a big house, and it's gone. There's a little church in Cranford Park, which is very near Hayes, in between Hounslow and Hayes, and it's, you can see it if you drive in on the M4, if you drive out on the M4, not on, in on the M4, and Cranford Park is down there, but underneath the grounds of Cranford Park, it's honeycombed with tunnels, and it's owned by Hounslow Borough Council. And years and years ago, I mentioned it, and the, the man who runs them said, you want to come down and have a look at the tunnels? And all you could see in the ground, there's a big door, and you lift it up and you go down, down into the depths of the tunnels where the house used to be. I mean, how fab is that? God, dear. Except if there'd be snakes and rats and stuff like that, in which case I wouldn't do it. Val says, page two of last night's standard, Waitrose to stock Brussels sprouts all year round due to their popularity. You see, I like that idea. You see, I think it's me. I've single-handedly... I've single-handedly put Brussels sprouts on the map. Uh, Darren says, even more annoying are those Muppets that sit in the middle lane and will not move over. I got one yesterday. And I had so many cars coming in the overtaking lane that I, I, I'm stuck behind them and they just wouldn't move over. Foreign drivers. They, go, they just they sit there and you think, you don't know where you're going. Just get to, to, to the left. To the, so as I go past them, go, to the left. Left. I generally wave at them in a cheerful kind of British way. Uh, Bob Dylan was right, Steve. You get ten for murder, but thirty years for robbing a train. Money, money is valued more than life. So, well, you, I tell you, you, you think money's valued. You wait. You wait. If you're still smiling tonight, the Chancellor will not have done the budget that we think he's going to do. Because I'm telling you, it's going to be misery for everybody. Because either we're going to do it now, or we're just going to go down the toilet. It's as simple as that. There's going to be no half measures on this budget. The nation is quite clear who it blames for our debts. Labour. It's as simple as that. George Brown couldn't organise the proverbial in a brewery. George Brown? Who am I talking about George Brown? <laughs> Got a bit carried away then with the former Prime Minister. But, uh, it, it, and that's why we're in the dreadful state that we're in. Because they've allowed it to get worse and worse and worse and worse. I'm telling you, VAT will go up. I th people have said 20%. I think maybe 19%. But he might just go, oh, let's make it easy and do it 20%. Uh, I think as well the benefit handouts... Uh, will be absolutely raised to the ground. Any any lazy old dog who's out there at the moment who thinks that you're just going to turn up and get given money, you're out the window straight away. You're either going to get there, out there and work like the rest of the country or you're getting 
nothing, I'm afraid. I think the public sector pay will be frozen. Taxes will undoubtedly rise. There'll be a duty, I think, going up for air passengers. Uh, I think he might throw a lifeline to small companies over national insurance. And I think, in a further boost, uh, they're estimating now that new firms outside London and the South East will not have to pay national insurance contributions on the first ten new jobs that they create. I mean, I could be wrong on this, but this is, this is roughly what most people are going with. It's going to be a budget that is going to hit everybody. And if it doesn't, he's not done his job properly. The Lib Dems have said that they're, they're totally behind it. So everybody realises, either you're going to do it now, uh, or... Or we, we might as well just give up, hold our hands up and go, right, that's it. We've got so many sponges in this country who are thieving us and bleeding us dry and we're giving money to stupid causes, even though I think we're the most generous country that I've ever been in. If ever there's a disaster, who puts their hand in their pocket? We do. Muggins us. Every time there's something in the paper, oh, look, they're going to have to pull this building. We put our hands in our pockets. We have television. No other country has programmes like we do on the television where they go, right, uh, we're all going to save a building and make a programme about it. Nobody has that. Nobody has that at all. Nobody has a, has a country like ours where you can walk into a hospital and get medical treatment. That's why the hospitals are full of people who aren't really ill at all. They're just time wasters. They're there because they can get the tablets and send them back home to somebody else. You know, we still have the air ambulances that truck in. Sorry, we just call them normal flights into Heathrow. And people then go, uh, I don't feel very well. Go to a hospital and get free treatment. Pregnant women turn up from other countries because anywhere else you have to pay for it. Over here, you don't have to pay for it. Either the government's going to stop this immediately. I'm told I'm going to die unless I get free treatment. Well, you're going to die then, aren't you? It's as simple as that. You know, it's absolutely ludicrous. You can't do this in any other country. You cannot turn up in America in a hospital and go, I'd like some treatment. They go, well, I'm sorry. Do you have insurance? No. Well, you're not getting treated then, are you? That's why whenever you get neighbourhoods where they've got sort of some free surgeries, a queue a mile long. Over here, we just call it A&E, and people sit there all night because they're quite used to sitting there waiting for days and days, and eventually a doctor will see them, and they'll give them a prescription, and it won't cost them a penny piece. And he thinks, bloody useless, you've got to stop it. So that's why tonight, absolutely, it's, it's, it's going to hit everybody. It's going to hit you very badly. So uh, mark my words, you can hear it all on LBC from about 12.30 today. And uh, when he starts talking, you just make a note. So if you drink, if you smoke, if you're claiming benefits, you know, you're going to be hit really hard. I think uh, they're going to hit you for VAT. I think taxes will go up. They'll lower the thresholds. Uh, Some companies will benefit if they take more people on. But there's so many people now guilty of thieving from the black economy, you'll you'll never keep up with it. You'll never keep up with it at all. The amount of illegal minicab drivers in London, they're not paying tax. They don't, pay, they don't even have insurance on the taxes. They just cruise around the streets looking for people. Get minicab, minicab. They've got no idea where they're bloody going. You just get in them. Most of them are drug dealing, thieving paedophiles, and you happily get in these uh, cars, and uh, and you go anywhere. And that's why every time you open up, how many times have I sat here in the morning and read a story out? And this morning I've read it out again. And the story was a man's recovering after he was stabbed in the head during a fight in Deptford. This is the uh, I think the fourth day on the trot I've read about somebody being stabbed. In London. Every day there is a story. And either the government are going to do something about knife crime with the help of the police. They all went to Downing Street the other day to find out what the government plans are. The answer is we want more police out there on the street. Anybody caught with a knife, none of this will just slap you on the wrist and you go home to your mummy and daddy. None of this old baloney. No, you go to prison. And you go to prison for a long time and you sit there, as far as I'm concerned, because the prison officers have said in a statement the other day that the short, sharp shock treatment ain't working. They said that people who go into prison and are only there for sort of, you know, a month or two months, they come out, 99% of them re-offend. So as far as I'm concerned, leave them in there to rot. 
you know, you go out there with a knife, you're breaking the law. Either you're too stupid or too thick. You know, and I don't want to indicate that most of it comes from music. But I watched a programme on the television yesterday where, frankly, subtitles would have been easier. Some little bloke called Dappy from N-Dubs, who might be a little sweetie-kins to some people. Frankly, I couldn't understand a word he was saying. It was all talking like this, and we wiki, and we do it. It was almost like some a joke sketch out of The Muppet Show or something. And there he was, this clever little boy, who might be very good in the music department, but admitted on television that every time the police stopped him, he lied about his name and address. He just made it up. And the police just went, yeah, OK, that's your name and address now. You think to yourself, there's no hope, is there? And this is the sort of people, the sort of person that people look up to. I don't get it at all. We found another one, incidentally. I knew we'd find one today. This is uh, John Booth. John Booth is another sponger. He's a benefits cheat. Now, frankly, I think we should put up, uh, put up gibbets or something like that at every crossroads, like they used to have years ago, and if a highwayman was caught, he was hanged immediately. We don't have to waste time with him anymore. John Booth is uh, 63. He's a benefit fraudster. And uh, he's been at it for ages. He comes from Chorley in Lancashire. Uh, this benefit fraudster, and this is, this is where you can get them now, he actually claimed that uh, he was too scared to go outdoors. So nobody checks. They happily hand over benefits to... I can't go, out, I can't go outside. Why? Too scared. Too scared. What was he doing? He was a blooming window cleaner. He was a window cleaner. He was running a business. John Booth, the sponger, the benefit fraudster, turns up in court the other day. How much did he manage to, to rip off? 71,000 quid. 71,000 pounds whilst working as a window cleaner. Too scared to go outdoors. Not too scared to thieve off you and me and single mothers who need the money and people who are very ill and elderly people and pensioners. Oh, no, John Booth doesn't care about that. He's a thief. And I hope that uh, when you see him out in Chorley in Lancashire, you point at him and go, fraudster. Because what he's doing, he's depriving genuine people of money. £71,000. He's not in prison because, surprisingly, he actually had uh, that much money in savings. So he's paid it all back. Now, frankly, I'm sorry, I would be bringing back the stocks on a Saturday night. I would be the person who'd be supplying the rotten fruit to throw at people like John Booth. 63 and a benefit fraudster. You disgusting waste of space. So if you see him in Lancashire, somebody up there will be listening to this programme go, do you know I know him? He's my next-door neighbour. So when you see him come out of the house, you go, benefit fraudster! £71,000. It's not like, you know, a couple of grand. What amazes me is it's so simple. He obviously got shopped by somebody who knows he's on the take. Because you can go into a benefits office, and I, I might even try it myself, and go in there and go, I can't, I can't go outside. I can't go outside at all. I'm very lucky to make it into work. And they just start handing money out. Not just a few thousand quid, £71,000. We've had people who sort of claim that they're not with their husbands anymore, lying old bags. Of course they are. They know that if you say that, you get an extra house and you give you more benefits. They're all still together because nobody checks. Why? Because there's as many bent people inside the benefits office as there are outside. Hence a huge problem. It really is. Paul McCartney is in the paper today. He's hitting out at uh, prospects and proposals to legalise the hunting and killing of whales. 1,300 whales a year. What is it with the Japanese and their blasted whale hunting? Why can't you find something else to eat? You know, why can't we just eat Japanese people? Why can't we sort of throw them in the sea and go going around hunting Japanese? I don't understand. 1,300 whales a year. I don't know how many there are. Commercial whaling has been banned for 24 years, but now Japan, Norway and Iceland have used loopholes to harpoon and slaughter 
up to 35,000. I didn't even know we had that many whales in the sea. I'm not surprised Paul McCartney's getting up in arms about it. I would get up in arms about it. I mean, do we really need to go out and slaughter... You know, animals that haven't actually done anything. They've sort of achieved something by making it to that size. And then all of a sudden, you're dealing with a whaling ship. And if over in the... Is it the Faroe Islands? Where they drive all the whales into shore and the whole island come down and hack them to pieces. I mean, it's, it's a bloodbath out there. The sea turns red. I've never seen like it in my life. I've seen it on the television. I've seen pictures. It's like the, the Canadians going out and their seal cull. They just club them to death. And you think, I'll tell you what, I wish somebody would bloody well club you to death. Do us all a favour. Quarter to six. These are the headlines. George Osborne's first budget as Chancellor will be met with a series of protests outside Parliament later. Unions representing public sector workers will be among those demonstrating about planned tax rises and spending cuts. A man's been stabbed in the head during a fight in Deptford. His injuries aren't thought to be life-threatening. And Fabio Capello says John Terry's made a very big mistake by telling reporters the team were planning to clear the air with him. The England coach says Terry should have spoken to him privately. Let's have a check on the uh, roads for you this morning. Get you there nice and quick for the obviously Travel Service and Jay Louise. Thank you very much, Steve. Good morning. In, on the A40 in... Hello. Nice to have your company. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast on LBC. Now, here at LBC, we have teamed up with Sky Broadband to give you the chance to win a 32-inch HD-ready Samsung TV, as well as a netbook, and because it's now easier to switch, you'll get Sky TV and broadband for a year too. Listen to Nick Ferrari at breakfast all this week for your chance to win here on LBC 97.3. How lovely. Uh, Joyce says, were your ears burning yesterday? They were sitting in the car on the, the worst traffic jam of all time. My friends Ruth, Nicky and I were praising you and having a laugh at your antics. <laughs> I don't think any of us will be laughing tomorrow by the time we've had this budget. And as uh, you've just heard, the whale will be here from 12.30 today. Uh, Natalie says, have you decided if you're going to go and come dine with me? I'm not letting anybody into my kitchen. And Brenda says, Diane Abbott did seem to be clumsy in her choice of words. I know, you'd never believe she was a politician, would you? I think she was being really clever by getting the message out there that mothers of West Indian descent are extremely concerned for their children. Jewish mothers have had such marketing for years. <laughs> Absolutely. Every mother is like that. I don't know why she seems to think that she's some special thing. I've seen her on the television. I don't like her. I don't care. Just, there's just something about her that makes me go, I don't know, I don't know. Dead right about Jamie, says Paul. Would he have been so quick to write the letter? This is Jamie Oliver writing a letter for one of his trainee chefs, who's a uh, habitual thief. Uh, if he called, called him walking out of the restaurant with half his stock. Oh, did you know? My mate Chris, also known as Frank Sidebottom, passed away yesterday. He gave Carolina Heard, Mrs Merton, her first chance. Yeah, he had cancer, apparently. Which is uh, very sad. Yes, I've, I've heard that on the television yesterday. It's all sad, isn't it? And uh, Richard says Jamie Oliver should be ashamed of himself writing what appears to be a glowing reference to a judge for a convicted burglar. Let's see how Mr Oliver would like it if there was a spate of burglaries around the Primrose, Primrose Hill area. A slap wrist Mr Oliver. I do like Duchy of Cornwall products, albeit a little expensive. I know. They are a little expensive, but I, you see, I, I, I bought into it. I like, I like buying quality. And I thought the Duchy... Was, uh, was, was sort of quality. So I was quite, quite happy there. Uh, Andy Murray will bow before the Queen at Wimbledon. I think so too. Apparently we're all going to get excited about Andy Murray now, aren't we? In the same way we were worried or got excited over Tim Henman. That was kind of a waste of space. Uh, it's amazing how many people have gone right off Christine Bleakley. 
It's amazing. In the same way that Esther Ranson and, uh, my God, if this isn't an airbrushed picture, I don't know what is. There's something odd about Esther Ranson. I don't know what it is. I can't quite put my finger on it. But she says, at 50, I ran naked around the garden in a hat. Today I'm 70 and I won't bother with the hat. <laughs> I mean, dear God, woman, keep it all covered up. I mean, frankly, I've looked at this picture. This is the worst case of airbrushing I've ever seen. If that woman looks like that in, in a swimsuit, well, then it's fantastic. But I suspect she doesn't, because I've sat next to her at dinner, and it's... Yeah. Oh, you're impressed, I can tell you. Mm, impressed. That's what people are like now, aren't they? You know, I'm 70, and I want to take all my clothes off. I'm, I'm 39, and I have no intention of taking my clothes off. Now, listen. I might be speaking out of turn, but they can't work out at the moment, so they say how Barbara Windsor is going to leave the Queen Vic. So the papers are speculating... They reckon the boozer burns down. That's what they're saying, which leaves a question hang hanging over Barbara. The fire will see an end to the current pub. A soap source says it's going to be a spectacular episode. Nobody knows yet if Peggy dies in the fire. But they're writing out a host of other characters. Dum, dum, dum. Well, I would have thought, actually, it's merely weeks before uh, Barbara leaves. In fact, I think it's only, it can only be a few weeks now. So they must have filmed this, because they're six weeks ahead. So something must have, unless they're doing their, their sort of new thing, where they they film various endings. Interesting, isn't it? Because they're, they're five big moments. Uh, they had uh, Archie Mitchell killed last year with the Vic bust. That was good. I'm quite pleased about that. <laughs> little Mo, who was raped by Graham Foss. We talked to Little Mo. Stacey, we loved her. No, Casey Ainsworth, wasn't it? Casey, we loved her. Grant Mitchell playing a tape exposing Sharon Watts' affair with Phil to a packed pub. I just can't... I'm, I'm sorry, I can't... I can't take Grant Mitchell and Peggy Slap. But get out my pub! <laughs> Love that, having an affair with Frank. Michelle Fowler, shot by Dougie Briggs, and Den Watts handing the divorce papers to Angie. That was one of my favourites, where she staggers into the pub at Christmas and she's drunk. Do you remember? That was... I like that. I, I like Peggy. Get out my pub! Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Mind you, I think when she leaves there, she's going to be even busier than, uh, than she is at the, uh, at the moment. Uh, strangely enough, we got a picture of Prince Harry in the paper today in exactly the same outfit that his mother wore when she was campaigning for landmines, the Halo Trust. And, uh, and you think, do you think Prince Charles approved that? I don't know. We don't want to kind of draw attention to the mumsykins, do we? You know. Perhaps best you don't do this. But, of course, Harry's always done his thing. See, I had the, you see, I'd have rather William did it, as opposed to Harry. But Harry appears to be the one that everybody warms to. William's a bit, not wet, but a bit soft, isn't he? He's a, he's a bit sort of drippy. Whereas Harry, everybody goes, God, you'd be a great king. We'd have the boozers open 24 hours a day. Everybody get free fags on the NHS. You'd be fantastic. You'd all wear ripped jeans. Oh, great. Am I the only one who thinks that Katy Perry's a bit naff? Someone who's going to marry Russell Brand. I don't get it at all, I'm afraid. I've looked at her. Really not that exciting at all, I'm afraid. Amy Winehouse took her new fella to meet her, meet her parents on Sunday. God, I think we'll leave that one to one side. And, um... What? Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, six steps that created Christine Bleakley. Uh, as I said yesterday, uh, that they're all absolutely watching with great interest down at, as, at the moment, it is GMTV because they're going to rename it. Christine Bleakley hasn't got the faintest idea who, how to interview politicians. You can't give her anything serious. Mind you, I don't think he's much better either. And frankly, I think the public hate her already. They're now building up... The, the BBC claim that she misled them in contract negotiations and avowed she'll never work for them again. And Christine, 
I think you've made the biggest mistake of your life, Sweet Pea. I think you really have. I think you're not very good on television. You're very, very average. There's tons of people who are a lot better than you. I'm afraid the little girl next door charm people saw through years ago. What we're looking for now is an intelligent woman, not somebody who's going out with a footballer. I'm sorry, to go out with a footballer, you're seen as a bit naff. You know, footballers are seen by the sort of the flippity-jibbit, blonde-haired bimbos who hang around nightclubs. You know, you don't go out if you kind of... You know, they're all a bit like that. So the BBC have said that they actually believed, because she went out for lunch, apparently, with various people, and they were discussing it, and all of a sudden she comes back with this. She claimed on Sunday the BBC had to move swiftly, but the truth is, they say, we've been negotiating for months. Months and months. So, in other words, it's a load of old hooey, and by the time she gets on the television, she's going to have to pull out all the stops to try and make you like her, because once a so-called presenter on the television loses the public's confidence, you'll turn off in droves. I don't think any more people are going to watch her on the television. Also, as I said before, those bags under the eyes, you think they're bad now? Oh, my goodness me. Three months down the line, I tell you, you, you really won't be able to hack it. But, uh, but she has moved quite quickly. As I say, to actually make that little talent go that far, I think is quite amazing. Quite amazing. But as I say, I rest my case. I've never been, uh, I've never been wrong. Do you know, I saw a, a sign a, a minute ago in the paper which said fewer winks for public sector staff. And I thought, a winking? I wink at people. You know, you go, like, all right. You know, you do that a lot in the office. I go past and go, all right. You know, give them a little wink. A little bit of an how's your father, you know. A little bit of a sort of mentally undressing them. All right. You know, I don't, people always say, how's your father? I don't know why. In my case, I would go, nope, still dead. And, um, and apparently it's sleeping. Civil servants get less sleep than any other workers in Britain. What a load of old rubbish. And the the... the the good picture today is Kylie Minogue, otherwise known as the Polly Pocket. I mean, Kylie Minogue is five foot, just five foot, four foot nine, I think. You can imagine the problem they have, try to find tiny dancers. Because all the people on the tour have to be the same size as her. It's no good putting normal-sized dancers in. So if you're a tall dancer, you've really got to look around. Well, I mean, a normal si- well the average size in this country is five foot seven. I'm sorry, I mean, I don't like to disappoint anybody who's under five foot seven, but that's the average size, five foot seven. So consequently, when you get to sort of Kylie Minogue's Polly Pocket, and I think in heels she probably might rise to a statuesque five foot two or five foot three, which is a little bit tiny. I used to have a producer like that. Mandy, little, little tiny. And when she'd come in in heels, she looked reasonable height. When she took them off, we'd spend days looking for her in the studio. Days. She'd take it, and then she'd put her heels on, and all of a sudden there she was. And then she'd take her heels off. And she got again. And we get, where are you? And, you know, and, and you'd hear a little voice. You didn't know where she was. We'd be looking around. And Kylie's the same, but I feel sorry for all the male dancers. You know, at the moment, it's a lot of people having to sort of drag out from, uh, from somewhere. And it gives short men a job. And there are short men out there, but they generally go for tall women. For some reason. Short men don't want to go out with short women because you look as though the circus is in town. You know, it's not as exciting. Oh, hello, what are you? We're a very short couple. Lovely! That's what we like to see. I saw that, um... I saw um, Lenny Henry presenting the other day, interviewing Stacey Solomon. I mean, sorry, can somebody slap her and just make her sound a little bit more intelligent? <laughs> She's like that. Her and Colleen Rooney in the same room, you know, would drive you mad. He wasn't as bad as I thought he was going to be. He was able to keep control of it. Unlike the day before, when unfortunately I'd seen poor Stephen Mulhern having to cope with, and it could have been anybody, but I thought, I might be wrong, it was Nadine Coyle. It was car crash television. It was absolutely so bad, it made Peter Andre look a little bit passable. And then I thought, not really, actually. Because Peter Andre is just awful. He's been asked to do Strictly Come Dancing, 
And he said, I'm really busy promoting my new album on my stadium tour. <coughs> Sorry. And uh, he said, ask me next year. I thought, no point asking you next year, dear. It could be finished by Christmas. But well done to Kim Mordew. Kim Mordew is from Hanethli uh, in Defint. And uh, she's a Welsh mum. And uh, she's done something really absolutely lovely. She's taken her son's ashes and she's had them mixed with tattooing ink and she's had him tattooed onto her body. You couldn't make it up, could you? We all make good decisions and bad decisions. Ever since I've stopped drinking and smoking, I'm running now. It's really bizarre, isn't it? I'm quite good at running, actually. I look silly when I run. Some people look good. I do look silly when I run. I start... I know, but I remember when I used to run at school when I was, when I was fit. You know, when I was fit. And, uh, and you never think what you look like. And then you get a bit older and you tend, not to, you tend to walk fast. Have you noticed? You don't run, you walk fast. OK, I'll walk very quickly. Because my uncle was a champion walker. And they used to do London to Brighton fast walking. There was a way of... of do- I can't describe it, but it was, it was, <laughs> was very good, whatever it was. Uh, talking of good things, if you've got an Apple iPhone... You can download the new software, and it took forever yesterday, but it's got all sorts of new bits on it, which I was very pleased about, so uh, done that. Uh, I mentioned uh, Kim Mordu. This is the woman who's 50, and, um, <laughs> I mean, well, you might have to explain this to me. Three years ago, her, her son died of a, of a drugs overdose. He took GHB, took too much, killed him. And so what she's done is she's had tattoos made from his ashes. She's mixed the remains of him with ink to create designs which are put on her body. And she said, um, I hope it will highlight the dangers of drugs. I don't think it will, actually. I don't know whether or not I have to explain this to somebody, but having a tattoo on your back doesn't highlight the dangers of drugs to anybody at all. I've never been so silly in all my life. So she's got a Kabbalah tree, an angel releasing a butterfly, and a poem drawn on her back. Well, how's that going to stop people taking drugs? Listen, I've seen pictures in the papers of, of dead children, and parents have said, hopefully this will be an example um, to stop people taking drugs. Well, it doesn't, and that's the sad reflection. People say, listen, if you take ecstasy, you could end up like that. And most people who took ecstasy when it was fashionable, if such a word can be used when you come to talk about drugs, would say, well, that was only one tablet out of thousands that would have been made in a batch, and it was just that one person. So it doesn't really help anything. I think it just helps the parents. Just try and make them come to terms with it. That, that's what young people do nowadays. You know, young people in our day took drugs. Young people today take drugs. And the more you say, oh, don't take drugs, the more they think you're a fuddy-duddy. It's like people who are addicted to cocaine. You can't tell them. I've had a couple of friends who, who went through a phase of taking cocaine, thinking that, you know, it was the big thing and it was fantastic. And I was always terribly grateful that I never, ever tried... I didn't even want to try cocaine. I thought somebody said to me one... All they had to say to me was, it's very addictive. And that was enough to put me off. Although after the budget today, you won't have any money for anything at all. Because it's all going to go up. Booze, fags, VAT... You're going to lose left, right and centre. They're going to cut benefits. They're gonna, they, it's going to be the budget to end all budgets. And if you don't believe me, listen to, to uh, James Whale a little bit later on. How do you think the budget will affect you? What would you like to see in the budget? Send me a text with how you think it's going to affect you. If you're a small business or an individual, if you're a smoker and a drinker, you're going you're to be hit with a double whammy because they're going to put up the duty. Petrol, I think, will undoubtedly go up again. 
Although we seem to have the most expensive petrol in Europe. Every time I go in there, you put in 50 quid's worth or 60 quid's worth of petrol. And you tend to forget after a while. You tend to forget, 60 pounds worth of... Good God, 60 pounds! I remember years ago, we lived on that for about a month. Nowadays, you put that in in, in petrol in the car. Everything's going to go up. It's going to go up, 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 because if we don't, we're going to go down under the U-bend, and it's going to be an absolute nightmare. 84850, steve at uk. So it's, it's budget day. It's budget day. It's Wimbledon. It's just about everything. And for it, this week's going to be a week and a half. It, it's going to be more than a week and a half, actually, because everything's cramming. And then we've got, um, in fact, the only saving grace is Biggin Hill on Saturday and Sunday. I say the only saving grace because you need a bit of light relief for the time you've got through this week. You've managed to do it because um, we've got um, today, um, we've got budget. Then tom- what's happening tomorrow? Tomorrow we'll, we'll be getting through the aftershock of the budget and trying to work out how worse off. And all the papers will be full of, here is an average family, here is a family with 2.3 children, here's a family with... This. I never understand how they have 2.3 children. I mean, perhaps they don't get a complete child. And then here's a single person, here's somebody at the age of 50, here's a pensioner. What does it all mean to them? Ask you if you drink and smoke. Forget it. You might as well just... Give, in fact, good opportunity to give up now, I would think. Try and sort of save the money, because you'll be spending it on other things. And then they released the new iPhone on Thursday. So that comes out. So there'll be people queuing all over the place to get... Now, I think I've got one. I wouldn't guarantee it, because even I'm not too sure whether I've got one of these things. And if I have, I have. If I haven't, I haven't. I'm not going to lose sleep over it. I've got a phone anyway. And then Friday, we've got the results of a blood test. That'll be nice. Saturday... Biggin Hill. That'll be early. That is an early start. And when I say an early start, even by my standards, it'll be an early start because it gets absolutely packed solid. They're doing the Battle of Britain flypass. That'll be Saturday and Sunday. You'll hear it on LBC. And then Sunday we're in again. Do we know who we're doing for In Conversation this week? Who, who do we think's this week's In Conversation on Saturday, on Sunday morning? You can't remember at the moment. It's, oh, Brian Capron. Oh, we like Brian. He was good. And Debbie Allen. Now, you remember Debbie Allen from... Fe- she was lovely. In fact, actually... They're all lovely. Everybody's been lovely. It's a, it's a, I know when people say to me, they say, oh, you know, hasn't anybody been awful? No, they haven't. They really haven't. It's, it's been terrible. Uh, Hospital Radio Chelmsford and uh, Asha sent me in a CD of her work because she's desperate. She says, I volunteer as a radio presenter for Hospital Radio Chelmsford and last year I won silver in the Best Newcomer category at HBA Awards. Got to start somewhere. More experience you get, the better it is. I didn't do Hospital Radio. But she says, um, I've sent you some, uh, some clips of my show because I wanted to make you smile as you make me smile. There you go. I shall listen to that in my car a little bit later. Thank you, Asha, very much indeed. Good luck. As I say, you're young yet. You've got loads of time to get through. The one thing, and I've said before, when people say to me, how do you get into radio? I've said, well, it's a bit more difficult nowadays than it ever used to be. Uh, offer yourself as work experience. If you can afford to offer yourself free to a company, and workers work experience. And then you know what it's like to work in a proper environment. This isn't, this isn't pretend radio. This is, this is proper radio. This is where you stand and fall by your figures. You know, producers get moved around. They like to move people around, keep it more interesting for them. And, uh, and there's opportunities for people, provided you're enthusiastic. Nobody likes a moaner. The moaners are the presenters when they get on air to try and get the audience in because everybody's saying, you know, you're saying exactly what we're thinking. News headlines with Sam Pittis. It's reported the personal tax allowance will be raised in the... Morning, everybody. 17 minutes past six. Nick Ferrari at breakfast at seven. Giving you the opportunity of a lifetime. You could win an all-expenses-paid trip to attend the FIFA World Cup final in Johannesburg on the 11th of July. All thanks to FIFA World Cup official sponsors McDonald's. Be sure to tune in from 7am if you want to win this incredible prize. How lovely. Noreen. 
says, will you see Mary, Queen of Shops, Mary Portas? She went to a greengrocer's shop. Three sisters were involved. Only one wanted to go along with Mary. She got there in the end. Good. Hope you're well. Uh, Camilla Tomenay, Royal Editor of The Express, is looking through the papers this morning on the day that George Osborne delivers his first budget. They'll be talking to uh, the former uh, Conservative Chancellor, Nigel Lawson. Plus, after the 300th British soldier was killed in Afghanistan, Nick will be asking why the death toll seems to be increasing so rapidly. So it's going to be the budget. What can you expect? I'm predicting now... And you don't need to be very clever. It's doom, gloom and despondency. There won't be many saving graces in this one, I'm afraid. Plus, they're going to be talking about John Venables with uh, Paul Garlick QC. And uh, dog napping on the increase. Well, I can tell you exactly who does it, if you really want to, uh, me to embarrass myself. But uh, people now thieve dogs. Certain people thieve dogs. And what they do is they steal, not to order, they steal to get money from people. So they'll nick somebody's dog, and it's, it's prevalent all over London. They're a certain sort of person, sort of person who comes round and robs old-age pensioners of £176,000. And then they, uh, then they sort of either write or they turn up at somebody's house and go, you want your dog back? And they go, yeah, and they go, it's going to cost you £5,000. And don't think I'm joking, I'm being quite serious. And, uh, and they go, well, uh, I haven't got 5000 Well, we're going to kill it. And you either pay or they kill your dog. It's as simple as that. It's a certain sort of person. And it goes on all over, and it's been going on for years. A friend of mine, a friend of a friend, let me get it right, had his dog stolen, went down to where he was told it was to be confronted by two men holding shotguns, saying, what do you want? He said, I've come to get my dog back. They went, we'll blow your head off if you don't get off. And uh, it's as bad as that. Some poor woman on the television on the other week, she went out there, they'd hanged her dog. I mean, these people, you know... <laughs> Just don't get me going on it, I'm afraid. Uh, the Top Gear show, they reckon, could be axed on the television. Thank God for that. Another waste of space. Three over-aged over presenters, you know, doing things that 15-year-olds do and talk about, you know, motor cars and all this kind of stuff. You know, over-aged presenters with extremely long hair, which looks a bit worrying. Piers Morgan and Lord Sugar were verbally attacked whilst filming on a London estate. They were filming for The Apprentice. And uh, Pierce said, as we chatted below a small tower block, a voice suddenly boomed out, you're talking absolute spherical objects. Which, of course, actually sums Piers Morgan up quite well. Uh, tacky, 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 Chanel Tago, a stupid, stupid girl, who turns up in South Africa at an orphanage wearing a £350 belt. I mean, just absolutely disgraceful. I'm quite glad that she's been pulled apart by the paper today. Not so clever now. Oh, and um, uh, Ivor, I've discovered who it was. I shall tell you later on. Because Ivor came back from Spain on an aeroplane with Nick Ferrari. Well, that was lovely, wasn't it? Which was lovely. So he said he looked very well. He does. We'll do the uh, horse racing a little bit later on. And who went to the X Factor auditions yesterday? Dawn. She said doors were due to open at one fifteen, so got there before 12. Huge queue in front of us. Eventually, they got in at about 3 o'clock. So they were there from about 12... One fifteen, the doors open. Big zaggy queues. 3pm. And uh, she said, we just seem to have been walking for miles. Right about the judges, we had Simon, Cheryl and Louis. We had Dermot O'Dreary. He was mostly backstage talking to the contestants. And uh, I didn't actually think anybody was going to be appearing in the show. So there was one guy called Giovanni. He tried to sing the final countdown. I love the song, but not his version. Some good singers, some bad and a few funny moments. I didn't see anybody that I would pick as a winner. So there you go. So there's nobody in the first wave of these auditions. And the papers are full of pictures today of Cheryl, who apparently jetted back 
which is good. Uh, Steve, says Tony, if the budget deals with excessive handouts, they'll be in agreement with all the other savings. Um, another one here, uh, says, let's hear about the rich end of the people ripping off as well. Well, if they make the papers, they get featured on this programme. If they're in the papers, we do it. We don't just come up with silly names, we feature it. Somebody says, uh, grief makes a person do crazy things. This is the woman from Clanethley, three years, but I've never heard of that before, mixing your dead child's ashes with ink and having it tattooed on your body. I've never heard of that before in my life. Uh, Barbara says, we can't stand the one show, GMTV, all loose women. Airheaded magazine-type programmes for those who don't want their minds strained too much. So there you go. Uh, Sarah says, why have you stopped drinking? I don't know, I just decided to do it. Just, just one of those things. Because I'm working on the assumption that you can do anything nowadays. You can actually, but whatever you want to do, you can do it. If somebody says, you know, can you sort of take to wearing different shoes? Yeah, take to wearing different shoes. Can you stop drinking for a month? Yeah, of course I can. Yeah, not saying it's easy, but, I mean, frankly, it gets a lot easier when I think, oh, I'm going to bed very shortly. <laughs> I'll sleep through it, which is much nicer. 84850, uh, Dreary Amy Winehouse. God, uh, something there. And uh, Peach's miserable Geldof. Apparently still can't paste a smile. But mind you, I mean, that's, that's how she looks. She's got one of those uh, things. And who's going to be replacing... Uh, Christine, as soon as she disappears after GMT, but the better everybody will feel about it. They're now saying that the people who could be doing the show, uh, Mylene Class, no chance, no chance. Uh, Melanie Sykes, might, might at a push. Kerry Katona, no chance, no chance. Emma Bunton, no chance. They might do, you know, different people, but I don't think so. Paddy Powers, Darren Haynes, says, just about every female TV presenter in the business will be wanting this coveted job. It's funny, actually. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine why. They might want it, but they're not particularly any good at it. So now they're saying, uh, Lorraine Kelly is, is in the running. No chance. No chance. She's an ITV person. She's not a BBC person at all. And they say that Christine has signed a £6 million three-year deal. No, she hasn't. No shit. If that's worth six million quid, I'll eat this studio single-handedly. No chance at all. Be, they can get us so cheap. Here's uh, more on this uh, benefit scrounger. This is John Booth. OK. So now you know. And um, Katie Perry. She's very dreary, isn't she? Jamiroquai. Good mum, I didn't even know he was still going. That's, he's another one who's not very tall, isn't he? I saw him in the kitchen with Jamie Oliver. And uh, they were cooking some stuff together. But I remember... Uh, Jamiroquai had a run-in with a friend of mine who's a paparazzi and uh, he touched his car and Jamiroquai gets out of the car and draws himself up to his full height, four foot three and starts out, dude, get off my car and starts doing this big Larry thing and, uh, and I, I thought he disappeared I had no idea he was still going but apparently this weekend he's going to be singing with Stevie Wonder oh, which, is, uh, which is lovely as part of some big sort of festival out there that's nice, isn't it? And apparently vandals have tried to encourage British women to wear burqas. Fashion and film adverts at bus stops in East London have been splattered with black uh, paint to cover up women in bikinis and couples kissing. Silly girls' blouses, aren't they? These adverts have been up there for the last 500 years. And uh, it'll just be a couple of, you know, people who aren't all well in the head. Uh, everybody talking yesterday, including James O'Brien, about the 99p store... Uh, selling a bottle of wine for 99 pence. They say it will fuel alcoholism. Listen, all I have to tell you is you'd be a fool to buy a bottle of wine at 99p. It would be the cheapest... You might as well just go and buy vinegar. It would be cheap, horrible wine. It's 99p. Work on the assumption that they're probably going for 100% markup. You're looking at a 50p bottle of wine. I mean, you can imagine what rubbish it is. It's absolutely ridiculous. Or failing that, it would be wine nearing its sell-by date. 
because I love the way some, well, I took a phone call from somebody years ago who was talking about buying wine. I said, I, I bought a bottle in the supermarket for £3.50 and, uh, and I want to keep it, you know, as an investment. And the expert we had in the studio laughed at them and said, listen, all the wine you buy in the supermarket is for drinking now. None of it. Unless you go to somebody, you know, a specialist wine merchant uh, like Berry Brothers and Rudd or somebody like that where you're buying wine as an investment. All the stuff you're buying in the supermarkets or, you know, bottoms up or threshers or anything like that, it's for drinking now. You keep it any more than sort of six months and you might as well just throw it away. Uh, Shabby's up for eviction again. Whoa! Got to get rid of her. Got to get rid of her. Nasty piece of work. Not only a nasty piece of work. Javan, who's in the Big Brother house, another nasty piece of work. And yesterday... Shabby was having a go at, uh, at rich boy Ben, who's like, you know, trying to kind of explain to her, because she's a bit stupid, and quite clearly has got a big chip the size of Harry Ramson's on her shoulder, that, you know, he was just like being friendly. She's a nasty piece of work. When she comes out, of course, you know what she's going to come up with, like all of them do, the thickos. They go, well, I was just playing the game. No, you are a nasty piece of work. Television doesn't lie. Uh, we have to get rid of Jovan. I mean, he's a very nasty backstabber. And, uh, and also, I think we have to get rid of that uh, crackpot uh, priest. Who's another, this is the one who, who claims that he can cure cancer and everything else. Get rid of him. Another loony, I'm afraid. But uh, Shabby's been nominated for the second time. Rather stupid, vacuous person. I don't know where these people... I thought the idea... I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. But I thought the idea is you go on a television programme, the idea be to portray yourself in a good light, so when you come out, you can maybe better yourself. This stupid, vacuous girl and three-quarters of them in there couldn't, you know, change anything at all. You know, they actually come out and people hate them. The reason being, they're nasty people. That's why they have to go inside there, because their lives have just collapsed. A little bit like Wayne... Can somebody explain to me why Wayne Rooney, who plays football outside, is pale and insipid and looks like a milk bottle, and Colleen, who doesn't seem to do anything at all for anybody, turns out to be a rather dubious shade of chocolate? Can somebody explain that to me? And they've let the whole country down. Here they are, the naffest couple in the world. She, of course, is... She's so excited because Colleen thinks she's the next Gokwan, according to a report in the paper today. She's apparently been doing Gokwan impressions... I can't imagine her doing any impressions whatsoever, because she's now going to be the face of Littlewoods. It's obviously appealing to a certain market, I should imagine. But uh, they have done a day in the life of a wag, and most of it involved just getting out of bed, having a cup of tea, and then going shopping. And then they've done the African worker, a day in the life of an African worker. Get up, slave all day for absolutely nothing, wait to see stupid girl turn up in overpriced outfits, you know, and we're, we're supposed to go, oh, hello, I'm supposed to be interested, but uh, not, I'm afraid. So, uh, wags... Go home, stay home. I mean, years ago, we had another name for them. Let's check my stars today. What does it say? Does it always have to be a fly in the oven? For when it comes to money, it seems to be the case. If a trip you've been planning for a while works, that'd be too expensive. There are alternatives. I'm not going to Reading. I've decided I'm not going to Reading today. <laughs> After yesterday's little debacle, I'm certainly not going to be doing it uh, today, which is going to be nice. I'm, in fact, I'm going to be sitting at home, seeing how many of my predictions for the budget turn out. So booze, fags, up. Petrol, up. VAT, up. Everything, up. Everything that's going to hit you very hard in your pocket is going up. So, you know, the only thing that won't go up, I suppose, is food. I can't, you know, food might go up. Well, I hope it won't. But then, in, in the end, people will end up going back to the same old shops and buying the same thing, and they'll just make cutbacks. I saw a woman the other day, terribly posh lady, you know, terribly posh, and she was pushing a trolley piled high in Iceland. Not at all Iceland's sort of target person, I thought. It uh, gave me renewed hope as I stood there with my two boxes of ice creams for two pounds, because I'm like that. London's biggest conversation. 
Kelly Brooks in all the papers today, having just got over the split with the last one. She's out with another bloke draping himself all over her. I mean, really, Kelly, 30, you know, you're not 18. Try and act like an adult, at least. Uh, morning, Sam. Morning, Steve. You need a bit of consistency. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, so, as Alex says, uh, you do get the odd winner. He yeah, also well. mentioned his fabled big win, which should be fine. Should be a fine, but I'll let him off with a final warning. Because yesterday, you had, uh, she sells seashells. Mm. Did she? Uh, she didn't, sadly oh. not, no. Out of 13 horses running, yours decided to lollop along in 10th place. Great. She was so probably, fact, probably selling, selling those probably seashells. Probably selling yeah. the seashells, exactly. I... Going, would you like to buy, se- hello, seashells? Oh, well. So, you lost £2, so your total loss, £36.30. Oh, well, you know, uh, can't win them all, Steve. No, you, well, you're not. <laughs> I'm philosophical, I'm philosophical. Well, today. you are philosophical, but you're not winning them all. You know. Okay. And, in fact, you're hardly winning any at all. Uh, Mona had, uh, Monan ad. Sorry? That's what Alex had. Oh. Mo- Mohan. I wondered, wondered what was going on. It was third, actually, whatever, whatever happens. He lost two pounds. <laughs> whatever it was called. It whatever it was win. called, it lost two pounds, and it was £32.78. He's in profit. Yeah, but he's always in profit. Uh, well, he is in profit. In fact, he's in profit nearly as much as you're in loss. I'm just, you know, one a week. You see, I'm trying building to... Now, up Sam, to listen, I don't want to put too far upon it, but yesterday I did have a quiet word with you after the programme. I'm trying to instil a bit more Britishness in you. Mm-hmm. A little bit more get up and go. I've got, I'm, just, I'm just trying to be positive, Steve, that's all. You know, I've got to take yeah. it where I can. One win a week. Yeah. We're no. chipping away. We're building up to it. We'll increase it to two a week. It's like a, a good diet, yes. you know. I hate telling you this. We're nearly in July, OK? Mm-hmm. This is like nearly Christmas. But I'm, I'm not near the 50 like I was, you know. I was edging towards the 50. Yes, yes. You know, well, I got back from the brink, Steve. It's you just, did. You, ha- you had a big one. You had a big one. And, and I got a bit excited. And now we've slipped back again. I think it's going to be fine. Well, I, I hope so. I hope so. Because, you know, I would hate us to get to, to Christmas and, you know, you're not included in the chocolate father Christmases. Oh, no. You know, that would be awful. So today we're off to Newbury. It'll be fine. The 8.30. Sea of heartbreak. <laughs> Cuts time, loneliness, memories of the old caress. So divine. Oh. Sea of heartbreak. Yeah. I wish you were mine again, my friend. Okay. I'll, I'll leave you to it, shall I? Thank you. Yes, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm quite happy in my own little yeah, world no, sometimes. In fact, some people say, let's leave Steve Allen in his own little world. <laughs> well, I've got work to do, so I'll just, uh, I'll just go. <laughs> she of heartbreak. Okay. Sorry. No, <laughs> no, no, you, uh, you carry on. Yes, no, I'm fine. I'm, I've got over it now. Fine. Are now, you going for? Well, there are four race meetings. Newton Abbott, Beverley, Brighton and Newbury. Where was yours running, sorry? Did you Newbury. Say? Newbury. How quickly Newbury. we forget. How quickly she we forget. She of heartbreak. I was, <laughs> what was it called? She of heartbreak. That was it. Of course it was. That's an ideal, Chris. <laughs> Four o'clock uh, at Brighton is ours, and uh, I'm naturally li- funny, you know. Sometimes it's a gift. <laughs> I know, I know. You don't have to work at it. You don't have I to don't, try. You know, I don't have to work it. I can stand in the shower and just laugh to myself. <laughs> They'll carry me away one day. Just look in the mirror and chuckle. I look in the mirror. I do. I do. <laughs> Sorry, where were you going? I forgot. I don't know. <laughs> Four o'clock from Brighton, <laughs> and uh, it's summer's target. I like the sound. Oh, of I summer's like the sound target. of that. Yeah, but we oh, like the sound of every day. The poor thing, honestly, <laughs> sitting in its stable and the jockeys go. Should we go out today? No, Sam Pitters has just picked. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not bother. Well, it's five to one second favourite. I felt. Oh, that could be good. Could be a bit of money. Five, it could be ten quid. Could be in a Mars bar. Could be in a Mars bar. Could my God, you eat Mars bars quickly. I enjoy them. I've I never known like anybody. You're the only person I know can eat them sideways. It's fantastic. <laughs> a gift. <laughs> Gotta have something. <laughs> exactly. We'll talk tomorrow. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. That's, uh, mind you, of course, that the rate we're going after the budget might have to reduce the thing to a pound a day because it's too expensive to do two pounds. Imagine how terrible that is. Uh, I do like one of the columnists in Express Day. She's talking about Christine Bleakley and says, let's, let's get a, a grip on the perspective here. We're not talking about anybody particularly clever. We're just talking about a very average presenter. 
Uh, the text question is, do you think today's budget will affect you? OK, so yes or no. <laughs> oh, how do you think? How do you... How, how do you think today's budget will affect you? How do you think that? <laughs> My friend Tom used to run the Fox in Trickenham. He talks like that. How are you doing, Steve? He's great. In fact, he is like a, a male version of Christine Bleakley, except he's got more talent. Uh, anyway, Darren Tossel joins us now. Woo. Morning. Morning. What a lovely day here? so far. This is a lovely day. Have you had an insulin overdose by any chance? Uh, no, just the uh, the sugar. All oh, right, okay. Just the sugar. Well, I had some coconut water. Oh, gosh, you were upset. Because I went out this yesterday. Weekend. Sorry? Yeah. Well, I know. Did they Did they keep interrupting me today? Happily doing my little story. Nobody keep talking over me. Sorry, off you go. You sure? Well, I'm not sure now, no. This week, it's the Greenwich and Docklands International Festival from the 24th of June until the 4th of July. Woo. Events take place at the Old Royal Naval College and in Canary Wharf and in Stratford and Woolwich. And the theme this year is Earth. Earth? Earth. Oh, right. Yeah, the planet you live on, Steve. Well, <laughs> well some, some of the time. <laughs> some of the time, yes. <laughs> and, a friend um, of a man just performing in that. What, in this? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, what's she doing? Which bit? to be on top of a pole, apparently. No surprise there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this year they're going to be celebrating Newtonian gravity. Very good. Sorry? Uh. <laughs> Do you know, I'm having a day today. It's been so nice working with you, Steve. <laughs> well, actually, I was hoping you could, have, you could have dropped a snow leopard round. Yeah, well, I more can't... of that nearer. Yes. More of that when the public can go and see. Yes. See we'll, have to do it. we'll have to sort something out, actually, for the public. Yeah. yeah. Very nice. Okay. So, um, they're going to be ce- celebrating Newtonian gravity and Darwinian evolution. And uh, I think you should take part in something. Hmm. Yeah. On top of a pole, yeah. I think. I can't see you being interested in this one. Somehow. No, no summary says not me, is it? This summer at the Serpentine Gallery, you should go and see this one. I like Wolf Tillman. He's a great photographer. He won the Toner Prize in 2003. Rather edgy work. Sometimes kind of rather rude. Sometimes rather oh. lewd oh, as lewd. well. Um, Serpentine Gallery, of course, in Kensington Gardens. Uh, I don't know what they... I mean, past it this year. They built a new outdoor bar that they do every year. I don't... Do you know, I, I used to drive past quite a bit, but I haven't actually been up in town for a while. You're in town now, you twit. Yeah, but I never drive around there, you see. I mean, I go from here I to... I, I haven't been up in town recently. Exactly. I don't spend a lot You're of broadcast- time in the smoke. <laughs> <laughs> You're broadcasting from Leicester Square. I know. Well, sometimes I feel I'm in, a, I'm in a small bivouac at the back of it. <laughs> Small tennis. And um, finally, Cyril. And finally, last Esther. The <laughs> last chance to see the elephants around London. Oh, they've Both gone from here. Been... They've gone. I know, they're at Westfield at the moment. Uh, Leicester Square, all the, the big, uh, the line of them, that went all the way down to Piccadilly Set. They've all gone this morning. I'm going to tell you where they are. Where are they? Many of them are at Westfield. Oh, right. The rest are down at the Royal Chelsea Hospital. Oh, nice. And then on the 3rd of July, the auction takes place. Right. And which one are you going to buy? Well, do you know, I thought about buying one. I'm looking at how heavy they are, and I'm thinking, you know, if, if I won the lottery this week, please God, um, I, I would buy one, and I'd have it sitting outside. But then I thought it would make me look like an Indian restaurant, so I wasn't really sure whether or not I wanted one or not. Well, here you do very good vegetable samosa. But, you know, I could eat a vegetable samosa right now, actually, <sighs> with some nice chutney. Oh, how lovely. Oh, well, anything this time of the morning. Good idea. So they're, they're all down at Westfield and the Chelsea Hospital. And then, as I say, on the 3rd of July, they're going to be auctioned. So if you type in Elephant Walk into Google, you can get more information on where to see them. Excellent. Thank you so much. 
And uh, are we going to? We, we we put some pictures up of the uh, of the snow no. leopards. Well, no, we haven't. We will do when people can go and see them. Oh, all right. When when people go and see, we will put them up there. Yeah, okay, be nice. Excellent. Lovely to talk to you. You go. You go and have a lay down, Steve. I, I, I'm, I'm, well, I, I will do after I've heard the budget on LBC today. I think we'll all be lying down. <laughs> you will in particular. I will in particular. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> today is the day. It's that that life is ruined by the government. But I mean, we have to do it. It's going it's, it's the worst it's ever... Put it this way, if you think it's going to be absolutely diabolical, then if it's a little bit better than that, then at least it's a bit of respite. I think they're preparing us for the worst. They won't be I think they are preparing us for the worst. And for some people, it absolutely will be. Great to talk to you. <laughs> no, it wasn't. No, you're right. Uh, we'll talk later. <laughs> no, we won't. Pleasure. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> There's Darren Tossel. Thanks very much indeed. Uh, Graham is doing a short film this week. Which is good news. Deanna in Tadworth says, I agree with you about weird Katy Perry. Expressionless, characterless and talentless. Looks like thousands of other young women. Not the tiniest bit sexy. I totally agree. I looked at her the other day and I was was thinking, perhaps I've I've missed this one. Russell Brand is a unique and intelligent character. Well, not all the time. They just don't seem matched at all. Can't imagine this relationship lasting. I think it's a PR thing. I think they they both enjoy the public. It's it's a bit like um, Kelly Brook. You know, I mean, just it's just a photo opportunity. Who cares? Uh, well done for leaving the booze alone. Does no one any good? I don't... I don't... I want to think I can be in control of things, which is good. Chantel Tago was on Celebrity Come Dine With Me. She boasted Hesky paid her, her for her £2,000 shoes. She's got a portrait of Martin Luther King. It doesn't know who he is. Thank you for that. I missed that Come Dine With Me. St- bimbo. Yeah. Silly woman. Silly woman. Um, Pat says, well done for highla- highlighting those wretched benefit cheats. There is a phone number for those who like to report them. Cost nothing. And I seem to remember... Yes, I had the number, actually. I, I did report somebody once who was a benefit fraud. So they're working as a minicab driver, but in fact claiming uh, benefits. And when I phoned up, uh, they then investigate. I should imagine 90% of people delivering pizzas on the little bikes with the L-plates on the back, I should imagine, are, uh, are also claiming. Uh, Sarah and I were just debating who we'd like to take over from Christine Bleakley, and we came up with two names. Penny Smith and Caroline Faraday. Penny's record speaks for itself, and uh, Caroline, well, she certainly has a record, doesn't she? Frank Thing, uh, Anton Dubeck, quite, quite a number of people she knows in the uh, in the business. And uh, she was on LBC some time ago. Richard, thank you for that. I don't know, I don't, uh, to be honest with you, I think, as this particular columnist says in the paper today, Christine Bleakley is lively, engaging and easy on the eye. This is a woman writing. Uh, but let's not forget, she hasn't split the broadcasting atom. She only slipped into the studio because the original presenter, Mylene Class, fell pregnant. That was the only reason that uh, that she got this gig. She's average. Very, very average. And in fact, she says here, I wonder whether or not uh, these early mornings are going to do it for her. And the answer is, probably not. Regardless of a new agent's agenda, let's resist the hype and retain some perspective. Her greatest skill was to make Adrian Childs look good. Is that a talent worth £4 million over a few years? Answer, no, it's not. And I think we'll see through it very quickly. Because at the moment, she's been doing what I call girly television, which is a little bit, oh, you're funny, you're great, you're wonderful. You know, it's the, it's the, I know, it's it's the Lorraine Kelly School of Broadcasting. If you sit there and sort of fawn over somebody in brown nose and people go, oh, you're nice, aren't you? And the truth of the matter is they haven't got the faintest idea who they're talking to. And I think she'll be exposed. Once you see her on television, you suddenly realise all she is is she's just another girl going out with a naff footballer. And that'll be the end of it. Quarter to seven. These headlines with Sam Pittis. It's reported the personal tax allowance will be raised in the soft...
It's twelve and a half minutes. No, it's not. It's eleven and a half minutes to uh, seven. How do you think today's budget will affect you? Badly, I should imagine, is the one word. Uh, 84850, uk, And uh, we shall read them all out. I do like this one. They've mentioned it in the Hickey column today. In the Express, talking about some ex-MPs like Lembit Opic make the short move into stand-up comedy. Will be short. Can't see anybody paying for that. Uh, after losing their parliamentary seats. Susan Kramer who is OPIC's former Lib Dem colleague who lost Richmond Park to Zach Goldsmith, commenting on one of the possible rises in today's budget, she grandly announces, I've never supported an increase on VAT. If we have to accept the unacceptable, I'll look at it and make a decision. Uh, Susan, love, you're not an MP anymore, OK? OK, nobody cares. OK, simple as that. This is your opportunity, though, to take part in the experience of a lifetime. And I say that not lightly. You can take part in Trek Nepal, and support the work of our charity, Help a London Child. You're going to be trekking alongside some of the highest peaks in the world. You'll get a first-hand insight into the culture of the mountain kingdom and its natural beauty. The trek dates, <coughs> excuse me, the 24th of March to the 2nd of April. Before you travel, you'll get all the fundraising support you need from our Help a London Child team. And, of course, the money you raise will help to support disadvantaged children right here in London. To register for your place, go to LBC uk forward slash help a london child that's lbc.co.uk forward slash help a london child good luck i mean that really that, that would be life-changing absolutely life-changing for you 84850 steve at uk. uh the real voice of michael jackson he was known for his childlike voice but his spiritual advisor that's michael jackson's claims it was all all an act and in fact he had a very deep voice similar to barry white Reverend June Gatlin says the King of Pop faked his voice to act like a boy. It's a blooming good act. I bought into it. I bought into it. And, uh, and apparently Gail Porter, oh, sorry how boring, has uh, revealed the secret for growing a hair back. She's got a new boyfriend. My God, that's how desperate things are nowadays. That's the only way the poor soul can get herself into the, uh, the paper. She's found happiness at the age of 40, she is, with uh, uh, a musician, Johnny Davis, 25 Lovely. Now go away, dear, and crawl back under the stone from whence you came. A father has demanded a school withdraw a sex education video for children after branding it cartoon porn. I'm not actually sure whether or not you can have cartoon porn, but this graphic video, aimed at pupils as young as seven, shows a naked cartoon couple having a pillow fight and chasing each other before having sex in different positions. When Christopher Power saw it at a parent's preview, he was so appalled... He pulled his ten-year-old son out of the sex education lesson. It's a Channel 4 DVD called How Babies Are Made, and the school has agreed to censor a section of it. The trouble is, girls are getting pregnant at 12 now, and I think they're, they're kind of maturing. A little bit, you know, overreactionary. I mean, do you honestly think that sort of kids at, seven, at 10, this little boy, do you think they, they don't understand about things? Small wonder, I should imagine. Apparently, it starts off fine, says Mr Power, for 20 minutes on relationships and then goes on to the section about how babies are made. Well, I would think, to be honest with you, I'd rather they saw the bit about how babies are made rather than relationships. At 10, they don't know what relationships are, for God's sake. They're still holding hands with their mummies and daddies. But I think you'd like to tell them how their bodies work, wouldn't you? He said, it's too graphic. Where is the innocence? Oh, good God, that went out years ago. Innocence? Good crikey. I mean, that... You watch, they'll be discussing that later on LBC today. Not that often, though, because most people are going to be talking... About, um, about the budget. Here's this man again, the scrounger. He turned up with a, with a cane, claiming he couldn't work. He's, uh, you know, a nasty person as well. And there's another one here. 
this is a fraudster who claimed £15,000 in benefits whilst earning £350 a day as an NHS consultant. has been jailed for nine months. Zahid Ali from Sutton received incapacity benefit, job seekers allowance and housing benefit while living in a luxury-gated estate and earning 212000 He took all this money... And he's since repaid 14500 I'll lock him up forever and then take everything away from him. But this one here is uh, John Boo, the, uh, the cleaner. He had a, a building society account with £27,000 in it. He also had another account with loads of money in it, so uh, he had to do it. Poor old Francis, who's quite doolally, says, I hope the Chancellor bans lifelong free prescriptions for those who can really afford it. What a stupid thought, but there you go. Best you can manage at this time of the morning, poor soul. Uh, Paul has uh, recently back together with Reiner from Grand Canaria. He's done about 3,000 photographs of the trip. He's not going back there ever again. And, uh, and Gloria, in Denmark, says Christine Bleakley's silly tactics playing ITV against the BBC seems to have backfired. She scored a home goal, but at least there is more than Frank. Well, at least that's one more than Frank. Oh, right. God, blimey, talking about football at this time in the morning. Right. Uh, very quickly, other stories in the uh, the papers say, it's going to be, I'm afraid, all the way through the budget. It, it is going to be the budget that you're going to be talking about for a long while, because if it isn't, somebody will be asking uh, questions. They reckon that uh, plans for a 10% uh, rise above inflation for cider tax will be formally scrapped. I mean, who cares about cider? I really couldn't care less about cider. Uh, The tax on holiday lets is to be scrapped. He could reverse Labour's £200 million raid on the self-catering industry. And uh, union bosses are saying that we could see a return to the 70s strikes because people are going to be hit uh, so badly. They reckon about a million people will be lifted out of income tax in today's emergency budget. Uh, the move is designed to ease the pain of this bloodbath package, likely to include the VAT rise, which we've predicted, which will mean that every family will be hit by tax hikes elsewhere in the deepest public spending cuts for a generation. They've already announced that many of the uh, money that was going to be put forward, I think, for Stonehenge and various other uh, charitable bodies is going to be cut immediately. In fact, they're not going to go ahead with it. I don't know why. We just had the summer solstice. solstice and I think 20,000 people turned up at Stonehenge uh, and only six were arrested for drug offences which actually is down on previous years. Normally, a group of doolallies turn, you know, up at Stonehenge dressed as druids and things like that. In fact, including Ken Barlow from Coronation Street. And, uh, and they wait there, and only a few people are arrested for drugs offences. So that's, that's much, much better. Finally, people are seeing the light. Uh, they reckon that uh, Mr Osborne will announce an increase of £1,000 in the income tax threshold, meaning nearly a million people, including many part-time workers, will be freed from tax altogether. That'll be nice, won't it? That'll be nice. It's just, it's just clamping down on the, on the areas of the, the black economy. The middle classes will be stripped of child tax credits and child trust funds, while child benefit could be withdrawn from higher earners. Uh, interesting, actually. Very interesting. Raising VAT to 20% would cost families more than £400 a year. They reckon it'll add 2.5 pence to a litre of petrol, 7p to a, a pint of lager. Big ticket... Items such as cars will see prices rise by hundreds of pounds. So petrol will go up, your booze will go up, your fags will go up. In fact, that was all the things that people were worried about. But when it comes down to the nitty-gritty, you undoubtedly will be worse off. So at the time we talk tomorrow, you'll be worse off. I never understand. Whenever they, they say, right, cigarettes are going up in price, all the shops put the price up straight away. Whereas, in fact, they bought them at the previous price. So they're just cheating you out of even more money. The petrol, which is in all the forecourts at the moment, they've already paid the duty on that. And so now they're going to whack on more money. 
I told you, there's a garage in Twickenham, and for some reason the pump, when you put it back in the holder, it jumps a penny. It automatically jumps a penny, and I've, I've queried it. And it started doing it again the other day. And I thought, if you've only got to do that a few hundred times, there's extra money coming in, as if these garages didn't cheat us as it was. Daft, isn't it? Absolutely daft. Listen, that's just about it this morning. I hope that when we talk tomorrow morning, uh, we'll be feeling a little bit better about life, but I have a sneaking feeling that after you've heard the budget on LBC today, you'll be begging to go to Biggin Hill for a bit of respite. You'll be going, I think we're going to go to Biggin Hill. Anything to make us feel a little bit happier about life. Listen, have a, a great day. Do go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk. Check out the, ga- uh, the Gadget Guru, which is Darren. And check out all the photos of all the contributors. Alan will be back with us next week on the programme. It's just today he's in the recording studio, so he couldn't make it. And uh, we'll do it all again tomorrow, but we'll probably start off with a funeral march, I should imagine. Thank you to Colin, who's in Ontario. Didn't have a chance to get round your long email, but the uh, point taken about the seals. Not always the Eskimos, I'm afraid. So, uh, next with you after seven. First of all, this morning's business update with Sam Pittis. Thank you, Steve. The FTSE will open after closing up 48.